Hey everybody, Bob WP here, Doodaboo Podcast number 47, and I have my social distancing pal from the other side of the United States with me, Brad Williams. How you doing, Brad? I'm good. I'm good, Bob. We've been we've been set up for this well before we needed to be with the social distancing. I mean, you're in way out northwest and I'm way out east in Philly, so we're about as far as we can get away from each other in the U.S. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. The only other thing would be is if you were in Florida, then that would be, you know, the the opposite corner. So um, it's far enough. Well, uh, before I dive into uh, introducing our guests, let me just give a a quick shout out to our sponsors. We have WP Security Audit Log. They're a comprehensive activity log of the changes that shop managers and customers do well on your site. So it's a great way to keep out those hackers. Uh, just added security. Uh, pretty impressive. You might want to check it out. Also, fooevents.com, a powerful event and ticket functionality to WooCommerce. Uh, again, if you're trying to sell event tickets and if you're going online during this particular time, hey, you can sell event tickets online or in person when we get back to doing that. And then, of course, WooCommerce.com, our community sponsor. Always check out WooCommerce.com for all the good stuff they're having. You'll hear more about our sponsors later in the show. But right now, I want to dive into our guest, Vito Peleg. Vito, how you doing? I'm great. It's exciting to be here. And thanks for having me, guys. So uh, I think this might be the our first rock star that we've had on the show. I read your, I read your story. <laughs> On your on your site, which is really cool to see. Uh, I always like hearing stories about how people get to where they're at because I think everybody has very interesting and different, unique journeys. Um, and many times we end up in the same yeah. spot, but we always took a different path to get there. So um, I thought it was interesting. Maybe you can just kind of gloss over it. I mean, it's a pretty it's a pretty lengthy read. It's pretty it's pretty fun to read. You check it out, but maybe you can quickly gloss over kind of how you got to where you're at today. Sure. So uh, I actually started, uh, yeah, like you're saying, Brad, as a musician. Uh, so when I first came to London, where I'm uh, currently based, um, it was because we got signed by a record label. So we moved the entire band from Tel Aviv, from Israel, where I'm from originally. And we moved to London uh, to start uh, a rock band here and start touring uh, around Europe. And that grew pretty fast and within a couple of years you know we started like 10 people at a show 15 people at a show then it ended up with uh, hundreds and then thousands uh we released two albums worldwide and uh even from though from the and we were living on the road you know i was living in a van for a couple of years uh with the guys then in a tour bus uh, but uh, you know like a um uh, a modest tour bus uh, then, uh, even though from the outside it seemed like the band was really doing well, um, there was literally no money in this thing. Uh, so I started building websites from the van while we were still touring. Um, you know, we were passing by McDonald's and we we're stealing Wi-Fi, uh, you know, in, in, on the road in Germany or somewhere like that. And uh, that was my first experience, like building websites for clients. Um, after, you know, we turned 30 and uh, we just had enough white hair to stop with the music business. Uh, we kind of uh, decided, I des- we decided to stay in London. So all of us are still here. And I decided to start and growing my small freelancer from the road kind of web design uh, uh, business uh, to something a little bigger. Within the first year, we got to six figures in revenue here in London. Uh, by year three, we had a team of 12 guys here at the agency. 
And that was also the, the, the base for WP Feedback, uh, which is the product that we're focused on right now. Cool. And I see that I, I see that Marshall amp behind you. I'm thinking we're going to get a performance here before we end the show, right? You know, it's right there. Right. <laughs> the, uh, I mean, everyone's doing live streaming concerts, right? Everyone's live streaming it from their house. So, I mean, now's the time to get jump back in, get the band together. <laughs> yeah, that's true. This guy's way too loud for any, uh, you know, home use, but I have a smaller one. That we... Yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty neat. And um, I mean, just, to, to, you know, obviously having a, a, you know, starting out as a musician and releasing some albums and seeing some success there. And like you said, on the outside looking in, it may not be clear, but, you know, you need to make money to survive or to in reading your story. It seemed like you had a knack for it because you True. build out your band site and, and online presence, which helped sounds like it helped your, your band get some notoriety and help grow. Yeah. And then other bands and figures were kind of reaching out to you like, Hey, can you help us? Exactly. That was exactly the flow because we, we, we I, I looked at it like an online launch, you know, and within the band it was always, uh, always had that kind of uh, a digital marketer, even uh, a kind of mindset. So we were selling our albums through funnels, you know, where you get a free song and then you get an email sequence that asks you to buy the album and an upsell to get the T-shirt all done through Woo. Um, yeah, so that was, uh, that was our, my first experience of, of, uh, really doing like digital and, uh, doing it at, at high level. Kind of digging into that a little bit. Um, you mentioned all that was powered by Woo. Is that, did you just kind of dive in and learn as you were going? I'm curious how you ended up on uh, WooCommerce, you know, what, what, you know, what factors into that decision? Was it just the one that everybody was talking about? Were there more factors into it or, uh, maybe explain a little bit how you got into Woo um, and how you learned, you know, how to work with it. So uh, everything I learned is, was just, you know, out of necessity because we needed to sell T-shirts and we needed to sell albums. So uh, and uh, and someone had to do it. So uh, um, like most of the other stuff, it ended up on my uh, table or on my bunk, you know, in the in the van. Um, and I just did it. I, you know, you open YouTube and you figure it out. When I first started with, uh, with like a WordPress based e-com, I was actually a big fan of uh, Jigo shop. I yeah. think it was called, do you guys remember this one? Uh, that was years ago, but it was, uh, it was an awesome solution. Uh, and, uh, yeah, that was my first experience. I think it was because we had a theme from elegant, uh, elegant themes that was like fully integrated into that system. So that was my first experience playing with this. Uh, but Woo was so much more flexible. So to get to get that kind of gallery or directory of, you know, you sell a few products and it's just very straightforward. You just go to cart and checkout. That was enough. But when we started thinking like, all right, when I started thinking, all right, let's do some funnels and let's see what we can do with upsells, downsells and all of this kind of stuff. Um, I needed more flexible solution. And then WooCommerce came in the picture. Yeah, it's interesting because WooCommerce um, originated from Jigo Shop as a fork. Oh, really? That um, so I'm, I'm so it sounds like you didn't know that, which is no. probably why you you know you like Jigo Shop and then you went into Woo, and while Woo is definitely kind of gone well beyond what Jigo Shop ever was, there's probably some familiarity there as well. Um, you know, with with some of the feature set and even under the hood, because it was all based off of Jigo Shop originally. Wow, that's awesome. I didn't know that. So when you were doing your agency and you, you know, sound like you were initially doing probably because of your connections, uh, other band 
websites and stuff. At what point did you expand or what point did you, or was it bands saying, oh, you know, we'd love you to do a site, but we don't have a lot of money because you could probably relate to that at that point. (laughs) But was there, was there some transition or did you just start pulling in other clients or were you still kind of focused or centered on that? So at the beginning, there was no, like, you know, now I'm aware of the concept of niching down and all this kind of stuff. But at the beginning, not at all. Whatever came my way, I took it, you know, and I jumped on it um, just because you're in survival mode. You know, you don't think about uh, um, about increasing revenue. You just need to get to pay the, the basics, right? So I was doing like random projects. Uh, this photographer from uh, from that whatever show that we met, and that little kind of uh, um, chocolatier that uh, that that was a fan of ours and needed a website. So all, all these kind, just people that reached out and uh, and needed some help. Um, very very random projects. Nothing nothing was kind of uh, connected there. There um, with the bands, I, I did a few band websites, but I stopped pretty fast because I knew that we had no money, you know. <laughs> so I figured, like, okay, I'm doing it to make money, uh, so that's not probably a good uh, channel to go to go after. Uh, but then when we started the basing here in London, um, you know, a lot of it, it, it was all starting, you know, from personal connections. So, um, you know, being with the kind of is- small Israeli community here in the city. So I started building websites around that. Um, and that really got me uh, and uh, allowed me to expand that circle further and further. And we, we, for the first year or so, there was literally zero marketing or zero focus on on customer acquisition. It was just a matter of uh, how, how many projects I can deliver because there were more that I could handle. And that's where I started bringing in some help from outside and starting building a team. And I was always kind of a team guy, you know, like that's the band mindset, I guess. Uh, You know, since I was 15, I had a band and uh, that that was like my uh, second family or, you know, now in the startup, it very much feels the same kind of mindset as uh, uh, you're all doing the all the jobs you know no one has like one role and that's it because you're a small company uh, so everyone is jumping and doing and, and putting on different hats throughout the day uh, and yeah I, I oh i believe in the power of leveraging uh, um, other people's time and other people's uh, expertise so that was kind of a natural transition for me there and it just kept growing until until it was too much for me to to stay within the agency model and i looked for a way out you know into product and into something that will allow me to scale further without the um the 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 constant kind of growth of the team or you know the constant correlation between revenue and team uh, product gives you a bit more flexibility and a bit more power to grow revenue without expanding the team in a direct correlation if that makes sense it does yeah and that's that's a you know, it's we've had a number of people on this on this show that um, are in the product space, and they started in the client services, you know, right. area. And it, it seems to be, in many reasons, for exactly what you just said, right? Like when you're in client services, um, there are only so many hours, working hours in a day, and you can do simple math and say, if I have ten people, and we can bill hopefully six, seven, eight hours a day, times our hourly rate, that's our ceiling. The only way to, to increase that ceiling is to raise your rates um, or to hire more people. 
which is a very good point because when I when I first started, my my logic was like let's bring more people. But if I would have done it now, I would have gone a bit of a different route and uh, try to increase my prestige, increase uh, use the fact that the, that my time is limited and just increasing the prices there uh, before starting to expand over to a team because I I was operating on a, on very slim margins uh, um, for a long long time. So if something like this what we're experiencing now with this uh, coronavirus would have happened to me like uh, two, three years ago. Um, yeah, man, I would be on the, out on the street because mm-hmm. we were operating on such slim margins. Uh, every breeze of wind would have just broken this business. Yeah. And unfortunately, I think that's an all too common scenario. Um, and I think we are going to see um, the impact of that. You know, because I mean, WebDev Studios, we were the same way um, when we were when we were younger um, and smaller and a little more scrappy. You know, we had eight, 10, 12 people and it was exactly like you said, right? Like hanging on by by a thread sometimes, um, just trying to figure out what's going to work, um, especially as you're just kind of getting started or just getting your, your feet. Um, you know, hopefully that's not the case, but unfortunately, I think it might be in some some areas. So um, it's really smart to always diversify, even if it's not necessarily diving all in to a product. Um, there's a number of agencies I've seen small, even small businesses you know, I say agency loosely, I'm not talking thousands of people, uh, but just small businesses that are doing client service, but also have a very solid product or service, um, you know, that, that generates a good, good part of their revenue. Uh, yeah. you know, that, that can help offset that. Like you said, you can make money while you're sleeping with products and services. Exactly. Um, whereas when you're building a website, it's it's a, it's more difficult to do. So that that actually exactly what you're saying. I I will always remember that moment. You know because like uh, like you know when you're doing when you're working at an agency, everything correlates to time. So you gotta be present. You know either you or one of the team has to be present for money to come in, right? Uh, but when we launched the product. It was such a joy to wake up in the morning and see the notifications on the phone. Like every morning, what what did we make while I was sleeping? You know, that was my <laughs> obsession for a few weeks at the beginning. The one notification <laughs> you'll never silence on your phone is that right? ding, ding, ding. Like, I want to hear that all yeah, yeah. The PayPal and Stripe. Yeah. All night long, I want to hear that ding. The new sale came in. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's that's funny. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by WP Security Audit Log. Now, we all know the importance of your WooCommerce store and security. And I know the last thing you want to deal with is a hack. So that's what WP Security Audit Log can do for you. It monitors the activity of both the admin and customer side of things so you know who is doing what. And it has a pretty incredible comprehensive activity log for both WordPress and WooCommerce that helps you keep on top of it. Imagine this. you can monitor and record shop managers and other team members when they make changes on products, orders, coupons, a whole lot more as far as WooCommerce. And they also make it really easy to troubleshoot if there's something going on. In fact, you'll be able to configure emails and instant SMS notifications to get alerted of critical changes. And if you want to go a step further, you can see who is logged in and what changes are being made in real time. And if needed, you can manage, limit, lock, or even terminate any user sessions. There's a number of reports you can generate from the activity logs to help you also keep on top of things. So really, in a nutshell, 
It has you covered to catch hackers and limit the damage to your store. So I suggest keep safe and secure and check them out. You can head on over to wpsecurityauditlog.com and heck, don't wait for that next hack. So let's head back on to the show. So tell us about so so from the agency side, uh, and you mentioned in your post some of the some of the things which anybody that does any kind of client work around building websites can relate, like getting content from your client, getting approval from your client to keep things on track. Uh, because the longer a project's active, even if it's not you're on the phone every single day, but as long as a project's active, it's costing you money and time. Um, you know, and 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 that's a struggle. Sure. So from that challenge. WP feedback was born. So tell us a little bit about kind of what went into the thought process of that and kind of the early days of building out that product. Awesome. So we were uh, like, we got to a point where we were 12 guys and I wanted to keep growing, you know, I wanted to keep uh, scaling up and, uh, uh, you know, my dreams are pretty big. Um, so I, uh, so I tried to look at ways of doing that. The agency, like we were saying, you know, the agency model with the slim margins that is attached to this model, but by, you know, in nature, um, um, really made it hard for me to see how we can get to, um, you know, to 40 people, to 50 people and, 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 and beyond that. Um, so what I, so as part of this research, I really looked into our, um, our, uh, profits. Where does the profit go? Basically, that was the question that I, that I was obsessing about. Where does the profit go? Where does the profit go? And uh, no matter where I looked at it, and like you, you explore all of your support desk reports and all the project management, and you look at the accounts and you talk to clients and all of that, it always came down to client communication. We found that this was the biggest um, a cause of profit loss uh, within the company because sometimes we don't realize but when we when you really dr- dive into it sometimes you spend more time communicating with the client uh, doing revisions uh, trying to chase them uh, uh, rather than rather than just doing the work rather than just you know designing a page or a web page or something like that um, that was the that was the struggle so from there I said all right we gotta fix this thing and our niche at this point was uh, uh, charities here in the UK that's where we kind of settled in uh, towards the end of the agency uh, doing loads of charity uh, uh, work um, but the interesting thing is that here in the UK the average age of a charity trustee, is 74 years old. So all day long, this was our audience. These were the people that we were trying to teach how to use their own website, how to give us the content. It's literally 70 plus year olds that this was the, the kind of, they had no idea what we were talking about. Some some of them, you know, some of, I, I'll, I'll never forget one guy sent us an envelope with the entire content <laughs> of the website written in on, you know, on yellow pages and stuff. And, <laughs> and, and even, even printed out his logo and included it, you know, I got a printed copy of the logo to use on the website, uh, so so that that was like all right, something has to change, something has to be done here. So I started looking into kind of ways of doing this. What we found is that the most uh, natural way is uh, is creating the same experience from the physical world, which is pointing at something and, tang- and, and saying, I-, I want this changed, you know? So uh, looking at um, even through our call here, if I want to talk about your door, Brad, I can just point at the door here, right? And say, change this, change this and open the door or change this one or whatever, right? Like the, the point and click thing was very uh, essential to the, to the thinking process. And uh, we saw tools like Google Docs and we saw Envision app and we wanted to bring 
bring that experience into the WordPress space um, just for us. And that was the beginning. It was a tool that we were utilizing inside the business. What, it was kind of funny because we were we built this out. Uh, you know, I told to my dev team, okay, just create, look at Envision and let's try and create something like that, but inside the website so that we don't need to take screenshots and upload, download and all of this kind of stuff, get the, get the customer to log into another platform and so on. So they did something really scrappy for in a couple of weeks, which worked. And that, that like, uh, to me, it seemed like, all right, this problem is solved. Now I can focus on finding a product, not even considering that this could be it at the beginning. Uh, but uh, it just worked like magic and it kept, we kept getting awesome feedback from our customers around this. So I said, all right, let's see if anyone else cares if this is something we can take to market. So we did um, a survey with 600 uh, WordPress professionals um, and we asked them, how do you run your business? How do you gather content, approve designs, provide support? How many projects do you do in, in three months? Um, how many customers do you have on care plans or maintenance programs and so on? And that gave us a lot of insight when it comes to our target audience. We saw that basically everyone is experiencing the same problem that I was experiencing in my own agency. Um, a really interesting take from this was that more than 70% were still using emails. So even though you see all the noise out there of project management systems and support desks and all, and me doing noise wherever I can, um, still 70% of the, of the communities literally using emails which is a 30-plus-year-old tool that has nothing to do with the use case of what we're trying to do here. Uh, it's, it was supposed to replace mail, you know, like, like physical mail, uh, which is like long-term communications. You send, an, you send a, uh, a communication out and you, you're fine with waiting days to, to get a reply back. That's like physical mail. And that's what email came to, to switch, to change, and it just stayed as the king for 30-plus years. Um, so that's uh, the experience. So once we launched this out, we, we, we saw that this, there was a huge demand for something like this. We launched it. We became the first plugin by a new company to generate uh, six figures in revenue within the first 30 days. And uh, from there, we're like, all right, now we have a company. So we started slowly pivoting the agency to just doing product, which is where we are now. Yeah, it's a great product. Um, you may not know this. I'm actually a customer. We use it on, on some of our small business Oh, that's awesome, Brad. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, over on the maintain side, we do small business sites, and it's great for exactly what it's meant for, right? Getting that feedback in a way that's quick, easy, efficient. You don't have to you know, understand a new tool or service. You're right in WordPress. They're right on the yes. website that they're checking, and they can easily leave feedback on anything on that site, front end, back end, whatever that looks like. So, um, yeah, we've been using it for, uh, I want to say a couple months now and I've really enjoyed it. That's awesome. I've really enjoyed it. So it's a great product. I definitely, it's one I, I recommend. Um, I know it's helped us cause like you said, a lot, especially on the small business side, I feel like they're less, um, less technical, technically savvy, uh, generally speaking. Um, so a little bit more handholding than you might see on, uh, working with larger corporations, um, that are a little more for tech. So, um, yeah, I mean it's it's ex exactly like you said. It's a great it's a great tool for that, and it and it seems like you know um, everybody that is using it at least really enjoys it. You got a lot of great feedback on the site too. Yes, yeah. Now, have you heard anything specifically from or seen anything from people that have purchased this using it on? Yes, maybe it doesn't even have to be WooCommerce, but you know that kind of a site, an online store, and just how that has helped 
in that process. Uh, can you share any insights from that? I can give you an example from a, f- f- that. That was a, one of the use cases that really pushed us to to drive this tool to e-com as well, uh, because we we were using this, uh, like Brad was saying initially, even before we launched, we we're using this with our clients, but just the more demanding clients, you know, the ones that were kind of fine. We kind of stuck with email for a little bit, um, but uh, but then we got a ticket from uh, from an e-com uh, a shop owner that has uh, like six and a half thousand products on there. Um, you know, multilingual website, all WooCommerce and uh, uh, like massive websites that is that is relying on this on this platform uh, as a main revenue source for his uh, business. Uh, and we got a ticket saying, uh, I can't see the add to cart button. That's the entire email. Right. Uh, but with loads of exclamation mark, like fix it, fix it. I can't see the add to cart button. So we went to the website and we look at it and we see the add to cart button wherever we could look, we could, we could, uh, 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 we sh- should have seen it. Uh, you know, so my guys were just jumping between pages and trying to figure out, going back to the client, say, sending him a screenshot saying, listen, we can see that the add to cart button is here. And he just replies back. You know, knowing that his his um, his reality is that he's walking around his physical shop and is talking to shoppers and talking to people while he's getting emails from us on his phone and trying to reply fast. You know, so he's trying to juggle all these kind of stuff at the same time. So we just get a reply back. No, it's not there. I know it's not there. Please, please fix it. Please fix it. So it. It, it it threw us in, into a spin of about an hour and a half of going through six and a half thousand pages uh, on the website, trying to figure out what the hell he's talking about. Eventually, we found out that one of the products just ran out of stock. So so WooCommerce just just removed the add to cart button uh, on there. But you know, from that point, I was like, okay. No more communications without WP feedback because it could have been just clicking on it, getting there, and okay, there it is. There is no button on this page. Um, but instead, it took us like a, an hour and a half to just understand what he's talking about. So that's a great, interesting kind of um, a real life story of uh, of uh, how this could have been uh, really beneficial because the client could have just clicked on that area where the button should have been, and would have, we would have got the notification telling us that he's on his phone, telling us that he's looking at that particular page, taking an automated screenshot of what that is, uh, telling us which browser he's on and all of this stuff that just we didn't know. Um, Now, another kind of interesting, this this is like for my personal experience, but uh, now from our customers, what I'm seeing a a very interesting use case is for actually um, a, a... bigger shops so when the bigger the shop or the 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 bigger the company the more people are involved and when you need to kind of align something with uh, three different people that one guy is in charge of the content one guy is in charge of actually designing the page another guy is in charge of uh, providing the the images and so on then also you have the project manager and also you have the client and all of these people are trying to work together and just deliver one one result uh, uh, that is consistent. Uh, this tool has been amazing uh, from from what we see because each user gets his own, uh, you know, each person gets his own user on WordPress anyway. You can decide who, what kind of restrictions they get, uh, what kind of allocations they get. So not everyone can change the status, not everyone can generate screenshots, um, but uh, but the ones that need to can. Um, and yeah, so we see it a lot as an internal communication tool, a lot more than I expected, because in my mind, it was just 
a tool for agencies and freelancers to talk to clients. But now clients are adopting this themselves uh, to use it internally within their organization and uh, really manage their shop from there. Those are um, two perfect examples. I mean, that's, and they're, they're very, they're kind of extreme because you're saying, you know, one from the client and one from internal, the client working internally. And I can, you know, not having an experience of a team, I could see where internally that would also save a ton of time and stuff. A ton of time, man. It's crazy. It's crazy how how we're not even uh, evaluating the, these things, and and that became my game, you know, to try and evaluate things in minutes. Because if you save minutes, you're gonna save hours in the month, and you're gonna save dozens uh, salaries at the end of the year, you know. So, like even small stuff like logging into the website seems so mundane when you're doing it, uh, you know, when we when we're just doing it on autopilot. But we are spending three to five minutes. Um, uh, to sign up to get from the homepage to the WP admin screen to the dashboard to the homepage to the edit, right? That kind of flow, finding the passwords from LastPass and all of these kind of stuff. Just adding a one-click login, uh, 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 understanding that agencies go through that process four or five, sometimes 10 times a day, um, saves literally an hour a day that ends up becoming a salary at the end of the uh, in the end of the game so we're trying to like chip into all of these things that we do without noticing just because we accept things uh, we accept that things are are bad you know that's just our uh, uh, that's how the status quo is and um, yeah so my game is to just try and chip into all of these minutes uh, from all of our workflows and remove them this episode is brought to you by Foo Events. If you sell any kind of ticketing online and you're using WooCommerce, you may have discovered that it doesn't have a very intuitive approach to seamless ticket sales. I know, I've been there myself. Foo Events brings more power to your ticketing process. It's really easy to set up and you never have to worry about third-party fees again. Not only can you sell tickets, but managing them is really slick. And best of all, they have a growing number of extensions to fit any need you may have. There are no worries to the amount of tickets you can send. And for the convenience of your attendees, and to help you keep track of the event even better, it has a free mobile check-in. Managing your attendees and events goes smoother with custom event reports and ticket inventory. And you can export your attendees for additional communication that you may need to send to them. Or heck, you could even build your list. And your attendees can be rest assured that the data remains safe and private. Whether it's concerts, school functions, fundraisers, conferences, or any number of events that you sell tickets to, Foo Events has you covered. And they have a really sweet offer for you, our listener. Simply go to fooevents.com forward slash do the woo and get the Foo Events for WooCommerce plugin. This is a premium plugin for an entire year free no strings attached this offer is limited so head on over to fooevents.com forward slash do the woo and now back to our podcast so what do you think brad do you see i mean coming from the agency side of things and having done woocommerce sites is there anything that really stands out specifically other than the examples he obviously gave um, I mean, those are definitely really good, you know, examples, scenarios, really, uh, ones that, you know, most of us are probably familiar with. 
Um, I think, you know, any way you can organize communication with a client is good. Um, like you said, getting, you know, 10 different emails in a day about changes they want done is not an efficient way <laughs> to manage anything. Um, even, even just getting clients into something like Facebook. Right. Right. Like, uh, or all exclamation points on the subject, you know, no uh, subject lines. Even just getting clients into something like Basecamp <laughs> and Jira, while that's a step in the right direction, it yeah. still doesn't solve the problem, right? Because, like you said, if someone just submits a ticket and says, you know, the 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 added cart button's gone and that's it, uh, what does that really tell you? Like, it tells you the added cart button's gone, but doesn't give you enough information necessarily to track that down as quickly as possible. Uh, it's putting the work on the team at that point, like you know, like Vita was saying, it's putting the, that that time on the team to say, okay, you go figure out what I'm talking about. Um, we have a internal policy at, at web dev. We call it LSD, um, which, you know, maybe we could f- figure out a better acronym, but it's basically. Yeah. I kind of like it. No, it, I mean, I'm just regressing here. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's link short description um, or, or sorry, link screenshot and description. And that's anytime somebody posts an update um, or a pull request or something, it's a requirement. You know, because again, don't make, don't put the onus on me to go figure out what you're talking about, even internally. Um, you know, if it's just internal communication or code review or something, put all the relevant information to that spot. But you can't expect your client to follow those type of guidelines um, as much it. as you try. <laughs> it won't happen, right? So internally, you can work with your team, but with clients, you got to really, you know, make it dummy proof, right? So I think tools like WP feedback, where it's like, yeah, go to your website, and if you see a problem, click that plus click where the problem is and add a note and we get everything we need from that. We don't have to go sleuthing around for 30 minutes. Um, it's great. That actually brings a really interesting point that I think will be really beneficial for e-com, uh, 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 for e-com people here, uh, for woo people. The, the fact that somehow in the ecosystem, we gotten used to the fact that the client should not log into his own website. Um, and that's something that a lot of people are accepting this as the given. You know, if you if you need anything, just contact me. The website is uh, is like don't touch it, so you don't ruin it, right? Uh, so, uh, but in reality, you know, it's like you buy a pair of shoes and you just keep them in the box the entire time. Or every time you need to sh- someone to tie your laces, you go to the shop to, to for the guy to tie up your, your shoelaces. It's kind of crazy from that aspect. But I, I'm even thinking about this from, you know, the more we got clients involved with their own websites, the more they could see the potential of this incredible platform that we created for them, that which eventually generated loads of upsells and, you know, they can... Think of okay now. Now I'm in here. I understand how shipping works. I understand how the how the how to update products and all of this kind of stuff. How about we add uh, a wish list kind of feature? Nice. That's a great upsell for an agency, right? Or how about we add a gift card feature to the to the shop? Just because they are experiencing it, these ideas pop into their mind. But if they never face the website and they never face the dashboard, they will never even come up with these concepts that allow all of us to make more, including the client. Yeah, that's interesting because I was going to wrap it up with asking you, and you've already answered that, what you see as a possibility or a benefit but how we've been talking a lot about your clients, which are the agencies, the developers. Yeah. I wonder, are you hearing from them how the customers, their customers are reacting to this whole experience? And is it more positive? And they're saying, God, you know, this was, this is 
they're they're comfortable with it. They're um, being like they can get things done quicker and you know not spend time answering all these emails either. Right. So from from um, this is actually something that I very much care about because if the end client is not going to use it, there is no uh, there is no reason for this tool to exist in the first place. Uh, so I've very much asked, how does it? Tell me how your client reacts to how, how much this. You probably see this on the Facebook group and our communications. Uh, I ask this question a lot. Um, they love it. As a, that's the usual kind of uh, response that I'm getting. They just love it. It's super easy. You click the plus icon and it, it, it's dummy proof. Like Brad said, you know, there is no way to go wrong there. Um, but you do have some clients that are, that are pushing back. And this is more of a trust issue, the, the way that I see it. Uh, because sometimes us as a, as a, as a professionals, we, it's, we underestimate our own capabilities and that is being projected over to the client. They see that as a weakness uh, and so they start steering the ship because if this guy can't handle it, I got to take over. You know, he's a business owner with an entrepreneurial mindset. You don't let things hang, you fix it, right? Uh, so so it's very important that uh, when it comes to communications or when it comes to any process that you build within your business, that you stand your ground and you just revert revert the customer back to the way things need to happen. Uh, because you don't want to restructure your entire business, especially when you're trying to grow it uh, around every guy's, you know, like random decision-making process or random habits habits that they might have. You have a system, you have a flow, and they need to work based on that. The, the thing that when, when we do have customers that come back with their customers pushing back, I tell them that it must be communicated that this is for both of our sakes. Because this guy, for example, we're talking that, that uh, add to cart button example, um, we were bothering him. We felt bad b- bothering him, you know, come, going back to him and saying, but I'm sorry, but I can see, you know, it's always with this kind of a tone of voice. I'm sorry, but I, I, I can't, I, I can see that everything is fine. You know, like no matter what I do, everything seems fine. And he's just getting more pissed off and more pissed off instead of just completely removing this aberration from the equation. Uh, so that is kind of what, what um, so yeah, so in general, people love it. But when they don't, I think that uh, that, that uh, it's the um, uh, freelancers or agencies' responsibility to put their foot down and say, this is how we do things. You know, imagine your accountant would accept, sometimes the accountant send out a spreadsheet and, okay, you need to fill out these things and so on, right? And what if you would send that spreadsheet, that would not, never send the spreadsheet and just send him a voice message on WhatsApp telling him on row 37, <laughs> uh, please update the, the field there. You know, that's what we, that's what happens for us all the time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, that that's a good example. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's... Yeah, great stuff. Uh, yeah, I love hearing, you know, you're kind of your past in the woo space, but also how, I mean, woo's still staying in your, obviously in your your um, lifeline there because it's uh, a lot of people are using it. I'm going to go ahead and move on to the news a little bit before we close out. Uh, real quick, WordPress 5.4 came out. Uh, you know, I've, I've dealt with it. I mean, I've been using it on actually three sites. The other two are kind of stagnant, but myself i haven't really nothing's floored me and oddly enough all my sites didn't go to full screen when i updated so i don't know if 
um, Matt Mullenweg did something for my site specially, or I don't know what the heck happened, but anyway, so I haven't actually experienced that or been freaked out about it as many people said. I don't know if either of you have, um, you know, I, I do like, there are a few other little things I like. It, it seems to be easier to select multiple blocks to delete. There's some things right. that I just found, yeah, they're not, they're nice little fixes, but uh, nothing that just floored me or um, set me off in the corner sobbing. So I'm I, I'm pretty good with it. Uh, either one of you have any thoughts on it? Like Bob's gauge of whether he's sobbing in a corner or not of how good. It is. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, yeah, it's a middle of the road release. I'm happy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's always exciting when there's a new version. I think, um, like you said, there's no kind of marquee feature that like stands out to kind of blow everybody's mind but there's a lot of like tightening up i think within gutenberg and the block editor just making the experience a little bit better cleaning up code making things more performant um there's a couple new blocks around like social icons and the buttons block which i guess is replacing the button block now you can have multiple buttons side by side which is pretty cool i like this one bob and now you can do your tiktok embeds you can embed your tiktok yeah, <laughs> oh, no. a big uh, TikTok star, Bob. <laughs> no. Oh man, we don't want to start that. So, uh. I've, I've never even seen how it looks from the inside. Yeah, I haven't either. So I, I, I try to avoid it. But anyway, that's another whole show. Um, yeah, and then Brad did share a, a WordPress jazz artist playlist since the newest you know we have one more added to the list and so basically it's a curated uh spotify play- playlist that um we manage over at wds and um every time a new release comes we add you know one of the more popular songs from that artist that jazz musician to the list so if you've ever curious like the you know the music behind these names with wordpress releases we have every single one on there so when a new version comes out we add the new one um, it's a great, uh, honestly, like in this day and age, it's just a, it's a nice playlist to sit back, relax, uh, to listen to some good, uh, amazing jazz. Um, you know, check it out. Very cool. So we will get that link up for sure, or people can sit back and listen to a little jazz. Uh, on the other thing, I know you have one more thing to share, Brad, as far as, well, and some voting and how last moment WooCommerce got knocked out of it. And I, I'll say I was a little self-serving, maybe not promoting it as much, but basically Torque Magazine has their plug-in madness every every year, you know, in, in uh, true March Madness kind of fashion, even though we didn't have a, a March Madness this year. But basically they take the top plugins, everybody submits plugins, they take the top ones and make a bracket, similar like a basketball tournament. Um and each week um, you vote. It's a head-to-head competition. Each week you vote on the plugin that you like best, and whoever wins moves on. Um, so sad news on the WooCommerce front. Last week, or actually just a few days ago, the semifinals wrapped up. It was WooCommerce versus Tour, um, and WooCommerce lost, unfortunately. So I don't know. They don't tell you how many people voted, but they do give you the percentage. So it was a bit of a blowout. Elementor had 82% of the votes. Wow. <laughs> So my guess is WooCommerce did not promote or share this, or I think it would have been a much healthier competition. Right. But they got knocked out. So now we're uh, we are in the finals, and our own plugin made it. Custom post type UI. 
Yay! Nice. That's awesome. So that might be why I didn't share it too much because I mean yeah. we were up against Yoast at one point, and <laughs> I was like, I'm not bringing this to their attention. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, and I did vote, and um, I, I won't say who I voted for, but let's just say it, it um, wasn't a page builder. So um, <laughs> anyway, we'll, we'll just leave it at that. But um, <laughs> all right, Brad. Well, um, I'm going to go ahead and hand it over to you and let you kind of wrap things up for us here. Yes, yeah, it's been great. Really an awesome show, Vito. Why don't you tell everyone where they can find you online, WP Feedback, uh, Twitter, anywhere else that – People might be able to track you down if they have questions or just to say hi. Uh, so definitely on Twitter, Vito Peleg. Uh, that's my personal one. And you can find WPFeedback.co uh, for just joining our platform. You know, Bob is already on there uh, um, kind of like uh, echoing all of the content in there already. Uh, join our free platform. Basically, we created a new home for the WordPress community. And it's growing very fast in the, in the hundreds every week. And um, towards the end of this month, uh, the 20, I'm not sure when this is going to be broadcast, but on the 27th of this month, we're running, we're bringing back the biggest online summit in the WordPress space. Um, the WP Agency Summit that was happening uh, at the end of uh, last year with more than 2,000 uh, attendees uh, is coming back at the end of the month. Bob is talking as well. And, um, yeah, we got some really awesome collaborations with some of the top companies in the space are all endorsing this event as the new um, virtual summit for WordPress. And we're expecting thousands of people to come on board. So you're all invited for free. It's amazing. Cool. Bob's always talking, isn't he? I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. People just can't yeah, shut me I've, up. I've heard that as well before. <laughs> so that's cool. Bob. <laughs> I, love, I love it. That's great stuff. Uh, very cool. Uh, it's it's a, a great to have you on the show. Really enjoyed hearing uh, your story. It's great to hear. Um, or it was fun to hear kind of where you've been. Is there a, um, is there some way that we can go check out your band? Your, your some of the sure. music there is it on Spotify or what would we look? For? It is. Yeah, just ch- search for uh, Chase the Ace on Spotify or on YouTube. And uh, yeah, you got both albums over there. Chase the Ace. Yes, check it out. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, our first rock star, Bob. That's exciting. Yeah, really. <laughs> well, we definitely want to thank our sponsors again. Uh, WooCommerce.com um, is our community sponsor. I think you're probably familiar with them. Uh, FooEvents.com, event ticketing, uh, add-on, uh, plug-in extension for WooCommerce, really awesome platform as well as wpsecurityauditlog.com. So real-time audit log and tracking for uh, WordPress, keep everything nice and secure. Um, really thankful for all of our sponsors. So definitely check them out, say thank you. Um, and as always, check out the website, wp.com, subscribe, sign up for Woo News, become a friend. Um, and I'll just give a quick uh, a plug myself. I'm actually doing a um, AMA with the uh, my co-authors on professional WordPress plugin development, second edition. We're doing a, a cool AMA, uh, ask, ask us anything over at Post Status on the 22nd. Um, it'll be a live webinar, free to attend. Um, I'll see if I can get a link in there for Bob in the show notes, or you can just follow me on Twitter, WilliamsBA, um, but it'll be the 22nd. So um, I won't be back on the show before then. That's why I plug that a little bit. So come out, ask us some questions, talk about the book. Um, what's in store for that, what you can expect, which will be coming out soon. All right, that's it. Well, we are out of here, and um, yeah, good stuff. And thank you again, Vito. Really enjoyed having you on. Thanks for having me, guys. <laughs>